0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Six Feet Under. We've got a great uh, uh, bonus feat planned for you today, but of course, we're going to start with a related topic pod chat. And of course, we're going to start with telling you who's in the show today. Uh, So we've got uh, myself, Medibot, Ix, and Nate from the regular crew. However, we have two very special guests. Please, guests, introduce yourselves as you would like to be introduced.
1: Who wants to go first? It's you! (laughs) No! Well done. Hi, hi. it's me I, My name is Ashley Davis And
0: I am an artist And I am here To play the game Awesome, where can some people see art of yours That you do? Um, if they so my, wish <laughs> My webcomic is um, At
1: oddlookingbird.com.
0: Cool And yeah. th- th- there was some uh, Who's going to go second? How about that?
1: Uh, I shall step forth and take the second mantle. Okay. And, my and who, voice, who might you be? <laughs> I'm Mark Soloff, internet nuisance.
0: Yeah, uh, that sounds
1: accurate. Yeah, uh, my name is Mark Soloff. I'm a podcaster. You might recall me if you've listened to the general Ironicus episode of Blaster Podcast. I produce a comedy show disguised as a science show. Excuse me, that should have been plural. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm yeah. sorry. General Ironicus was on two episodes of Blaster Podcast He acquitted the himself The Ironicus
2: universe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: he brought it outside He changed the game really um, So I, you can hear me on Blaster Podcast Pretending to be a crazy Know-it-all scientist I also have a couple other podcasts One of them is called Muffed Movies And that's a comedy show And then a science fiction audio drama Called Our Fair City
0: And uh, two out of the three are fantastic
1: Thank you. Wait, which, <laughs> are, which are they?
0: No, are you just no, talking they're...
1: about the episodes, and are you referencing the two episodes you were on?
0: No, no, I, I was. They're all they're all great.
1: They're all fantastic. I've they're listened all my to like children.
0: one Muff movies, but I, I listened to the other two religiously. Thank you. Nobody can nobody can see you winking
2: in an audio medium. I guess. <laughs> I
1: guess. We can hear your eye aperture slowly yeah. buzzing closed. Yeah. Smash <laughs> your eye up against the microphone.
0: Uh, why don't I just type a winky face on my incredibly loud keyboard? Okay. okay do it. Oh we'll right.
1: wait. <laughs> wow. He Thank did you. it.
0: Yeah, all right.
2: Way to commit? Whoa, what was <laughs> that third keystroke?
0: Uh the <laughs> parenthesis. The first one was pressing and holding shift.
1: Uh-huh. How else does it okay. go?
0: Yeah. Then colon parenthesis. Well, m- okay. If it you're failed like... to actually wink <laughs>
2: So welcome if, to our pod chat, emoticons for Beginners. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Actually, speaking of beginners, that's one thing I wanted to uh, bring up. Now, this pod chat is going to be about just, uh, I guess we could call it a, a back to basics, a foundational sort of thing. Getting to to your simplest tips to build from. Six
2: feet Under 101. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because the game we're going to play is called Lasers and Feelings. It is a one-page role-playing system. Uh, I guess you could call it a micro-game. It's pretty cool, uh, and it, by virtue of being one page, it distills down pretty much everything you need into its simplest, most straightforward form. So uh, we're, we're going to take that as introduction, So uh, uh, and I suppose inspiration. So the first thing you need is a group of people, and you might not have uh, the draw of Dozens of listeners to a podcast to to get people to, to come on and self promote. Literally might just, ten. You might have to actually be charming, and uh, <laughs> good thing I don't have to rely on that. Uh, I'm
1: charmish. You know,
0: <laughs> so uh, one thing that I think is a, a good way to get people involved in a game is to pick a game that fits their uh their interests. Uh, So, we are kind of awash in all sorts of games that cover a great many uh, uh, genres and are touching the same corners uh, of media as everything that's popular right now or has been in history. So you've got a lot to choose from. Uh, It shouldn't be too hard to think of something that your friend likes. Are you really friends? Not to toot our own horn too much, but Six Feet
2: Under is also a pretty useful resource for, like, oh, uh, let's, let's just see how this game sounds when people play it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Since we don't, we play a whole lot of different games.
0: Uh, I mean, speaking, again, of t- using today as an example, uh, Mark called up was like, hey, is that invitation to the show still open? I said, yes. Oh, by the way, let's do a very silly science-based game. For the guy who has a very silly science podcast. cast your friends. Uh, yeah. You see? You see what I did there? I do. Okay.
1: I appreciate it. I did, Man, I didn't want to be trading ore or harvesting grain or textiles. I wanted to get down to it.
0: Yeah. We, nobody is uh, calculating their base attack bonus in lasers and feelings. We just don't have time for that.
1: Uh-uh. I don't have the intellect. <laughs> we
0: well, you've
2: certainly demonstrated that.
1: <laughs>
0: hey. Uh another good element of having games like lasers and feelings or say everyone is John or uh all out of bubblegum all these really fun microsystems is they're they're basically just party games in the end. Uh like if you've played everyone is John you don't need the rules anymore. It's like what a rule and you just go with it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can slowly ease your friends into slash trick them into becoming D and D fans, right? By training them up on lasers and feelings. This is the
0: long con. Sounds <laughs> insidious. It's one step, but it took a few months. That still that still counts. So, uh, does anyone have any other ideas for how to get somebody into it? Or say, someone asks, "Hey, I want to be into this. Give how do I get a leg up?" I think
2: games like Laws Out that are very specifically based on one genre um mm-hmm. let's see what are some other good examples besides Laser and Feelings, um, Ash and Stars
0: coming up soon. All the good, uh, all, all the focused uh, powered by the Apocalypse games like say uh, Worldwide Wrestling that came out yeah, last Yeah absolutely absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: In fact I ended up I'm not a fan of wrestling but I ended up f- uh, sending that system to a few people who are because I thought they might like it mhm so, you know, share the love. <laughs> I would I would say that for at this point, for pretty much any genre of movie or popular fiction or anything, there is probably a game engine that is a beginner or inter- yeah. intermediate or advanced level that is suitable for you.
0: There's a simple story game out there. I think it's called Community Radio, and it is just Night Vale the game. Nice. Like, there you that-
2: go. <laughs> hey, you like podcasts? I'm you not like saying this that one? to be dismissive.
0: I'm just saying that, it, that is the primary inspiration.
2: Yeah. You can you can also check out our previous episode about designing for, from inspirations mm-hmm. if you do happen to have an idea that doesn't seem to have a game yet.
0: Although that was more uh, designing from mechanical inspiration.
2: Hey, this is even easier. You just say, hey, I like this movie. I'm changing this dude's name. Let's go.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, now we've got some friends and some uh, uh, time and, and a system to play that people are at least marginally interested in. Uh, now, what what are some tips we can give to people to keep in mind to make the, the fun part fun? You know, the, the play engaging.
2: Uh, I dug out my old copy of the 4th edition Dungeon Master handbook because... Mm-hmm. Uh, In the first few pages, it lists uh, types of players, and the way the book explains it is how to cater to these type of players and how to avoid if they become problem players, you know? Right. But I figured it would also be pretty useful to just, you know, if people are new to playing games like this, just go through them and see if any any of them jump out as being especially fun.
0: Right. Uh, Let me just interrupt real quick. That sounds a lot like the basic thesis of, if you want a more uh, expanded version, a book called Robin's Laws of Good Game Mastering by Robin D. Laws. I guess if you've got a name like that, you really got to lean into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I some think he actually right consulted on that part of the book. But in any case, go ahead.
2: So these are in alphabetical order. Uh, there's the actor, which is a player who really, really wants to get into their own character. They want to play their own part. They're not so much concerned with their part in the story as they are with their own characters, motivations, and reasons for being there. So the book advises for a DM to uh, make scenes specifically for them, that kind of thing. But if you happen to like that kind of thing, then before a game, it would probably be useful to spend a little bit more time than other players uh, developing your character to make sure that you have lots to draw on and
0: act for. Mm-hmm. That's totally me. Like. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Totally You, though, there's also the Explorer, since you're often a GM. um, An Explorer would be a player who really enjoys seeing what you've cooked up. Uh, They dig into the details of the setting. They ask a lot of questions. They go after relics and lost items, or they trace down those leads in the detective games, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit more... Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of funny. out of bounds. Speaking of out of bounds, come out of the other room.
1: What? Come here. <laughs> I'm right here. Thank you. Hi. Thanks and for everybody. joining us. You glitch right, back in. Nathan. Sit with Sorry. us by the file. <laughs> uh, if I can chime in and yeah. reveal my utter ignorance. So I'm a nerd. I like nerdy things. But this like blossoming of board games and new game systems that has mm-hmm. come up, like kind of come into vogue lately. And by lately, I mean the past decade. Um, that has escaped me, but my friends, right. my friends are into games a lot. So I often find myself sitting down to play a brand new game to me for the first time. And so, as an outsider, like, I find it would be very helpful if I could be linked up with a buddy who knows what they're doing to kind of like take me under their wing for the first round. Cause without fail, I lose horribly and like, <laughs> 20 20 percent of the way through all the pro gamers really get in the zone and they're tired of explaining what the mana upkeep is all about so i think for to bring a novice in it might help to have sort of a mentor that plays the first round with them
2: yeah and speaking of being a beginner like that there's also the watcher who is the player who hangs back a little more and observes things yep and that's very certainly going to be someone on their first few games, or maybe all their games, maybe they just really like observing more than they Honestly, like playing, and that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, so Explorer that's totally and Watcher. <laughs> Explorer and Watcher tend to blend together a bit. They're a little bit more prepared to just take in what the other players have prepared. And on the opposite side of that spectrum, uh, more along my lines, you have the Instigator. <laughs> the type of player who will that's open awesome the right. trap that they know is, you know, trapped <laughs> just to see what it does
1: just yeah, to keep things true.
2: happening and popping traps it popping and similarly you have the storyteller who tries to work more with the dm going back to what we were saying in the worldwide wrestling rpg pod chat mm-hmm. uh, they work they work more with the gm and other players they're a little less interested in their own character like the actor and a little more interested in creating an overall overarching story such as the one you can listen to on feeds.com. Yeah.
0: Let's see. By the time this goes up, what? Session 63 will also be up? We haven't even recorded. Yeah, that something one. like that. So, Who knows?
1: Yeah. That, it's real exciting. Is that your new podiatry podcast? Yep. Six you Feet. got it.
2: Yep. That's the one. It's, We're all about addressing all the important it's, issues in A uh, podiatry
0: podcast specifically for conjoined triplets.
2: It's called Pedantic Podiatrists. Nice. So. Similar to the Storyteller, you have the Thinker, uh, the player who really likes making a little bit more complicated plans, and when they're presented with an obstacle, they like to come up with the best possible solution to it. Uh,
0: I don't know if... I, we have not got one of those. <laughs> we, we just don't.
2: So, you haven't heard one if you're Six Feet Under regular, but maybe one of your friends will fit the will fit the mold perfectly. You probably have heard plenty of power gamers and slayers. However, <laughs> power gamers really lean into the rules. They like to make characters that are really powerful, optimized. They are like the actors in, they, in that they spend a lot of time preparing their characters, but a little bit more on the rule side. Um, and the slayers, they don't, they might not uh, worry too much about making the perfect character. But both the power gamer and the slayer really, really like overcoming challenges. And overcoming challenges is a pretty huge part of you know games in general. It's what makes it a lot of fun?
0: Anything with a with a narrative.
2: Uh. Yeah. So those are the type of those are the types of players as laid out by the Dungeon Master's Guide. So if you or anyone you know matches one of those molds, maybe you could start looking for games that would specifically cater to
0: one of those. Essentially, role playing games are a uh, uh, shared storytelling exercise even if the story is a a granular combat scene uh wherein you're portraying characters over time and and interacting uh with a setting and making it all up as you go along so are there is there anybody here with any sort of uh, improvisational experience who, who can talk to that sort of thing
1: I don't know the background of the other guests. Are you talking about me?
0: A little a little bit. A little bit.
1: Oh, general <laughs> ironicus. Yeah, yo. Um so I just recently started playing Dungeons and Dragons. And mm-hmm. by recently I mean in uh in the summer. We play once a month. And um How's it going? Pretty good. I'm playing like good. a bad Santa Claus who's becoming a Krampus. Alright. Yeah.
0: I'm so, I'm so glad they added the Krampus splat book.
1: <laughs> um, and so to uh, to liken it to an experience I've had already, like I write for the sci-fi show, Our Fair City, and sitting down in a writer's room and saying, okay, where have we left our characters? Where does this guy need to go? What kind of journey does he need to be on? And what obstacles does he encounter? Like that is very similar To collaborating with people on your D&D campaign and Uh saying, what's our goal? Do we need to take this treasure back to the city or can we, you know, can we do without that story arc? Um, So those two things are really related. In playing D&D, you are telling your little fraction of the story. And that's true in improv as well. Keeping an eye on the structure of where this story is going while at the same time living in the story.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say I've seen a lot of bad improv that fails to keep into account the overall structure, and it ends up kind of painting itself into a corner and
0: quietly dying. (laughs) (laughs) Not as quietly as we'd like, or as
1: quickly. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of bad improv, that's true. It's one saving grace, is if it sucks, they can always turn to the audience and say, Hey, we just made it up, What, what do you expect? (laughs) <laughs> it's got a built-in safety net there.
2: <laughs> and then they, I guess, it better they better be wearing some waterproof clothing for when the sodas get thrown, right? Oh, the sodas. Is, is that another important step in preparing for improv?
1: Yeah, you you got the vinyl pants step.
2: You it's prepare very... your character, you prepare the overall storyline, and you prepare the clothing.
1: That's right. Put gargle some Rain-X, uh pour some suede proofing on your any uh, velour or suede garments you might have.
2: That's the other advantage of playing RPGs like this, is generally you don't have a live audience, so you can just not worry about the third waterproofing step.
1: So you can wear all the suede you want. <laughs> uh, now, I'm wearing a suede onesie. Oh yeah! Wow, that sounds really uncomfortable. <laughs> it kinda, You kind of bond with it after <laughs> long enough. Uh,
0: one thing uh, that uh, I was speaking about the advantages of, of very light uh, uh, micro-ish games, uh, one thing they're very bad at generally is imposing uh, a structure like that. You're, you're just sort of left with a, a simple resolution mechanic, uh, some very bare guides because a page is not a lot of space on how to run the thing, and then you're trusted with it. And so it, it you have to be mindful of that if you're going to make it work, whereas... With some other designs, like, uh, say, Mouse Guard has its its rising and falling action built into the rules. However, it's, what, a 200, 250-page rulebook? So there, there's your trade-off right there.
2: So I think in, in cases like that, you could either have one player who's more experienced, or not even more experienced, but just enjoys keeping an eye on that kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, guiding the story a little bit more. Or, alternately, if you are at a party and everyone's a little bit half-drunk, don't even worry about it. Just yeah. <laughs> keep on going. The shit blows up, whatever.
0: Now, I, I don't want to imply that Mouse Guard is a bad game to start with. In fact, it's very, very good, because it's written with an eye toward explaining itself toward first-time players. Like there's even yeah, absolutely. There's even sidebars about, well, should you eat before, during, or after the session? <laughs> <laughs> Really just nitty gritty stuff that, well, if you haven't done this before, these are how it generally works the best.
2: Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Mouse Guard is an excellent game for, from that list, actors, storytellers, and thinkers. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the problems that it presents are a lot more, uh, not even puzzles, but just complicated thorny mm-hmm. issues that you have to really take your time with.
0: So, And sometimes that thorny issue is a snake trying to eat you hey, you know, these things happen. (laughs) So uh, what are some tips for... Okay, you've got your character, you've got your game, and uh, eventually something comes up where things are clearly going in one direction, but you know in your soul your guy wants to go the other direction. This comes up every time.
2: All the (laughs) time. All the the time. All the time. (laughs) So, I think it really just depends player to player. Like, some players won't even have that problem because their characters' motivations will exactly match their own. They just want to have a cool adventure, and that's Uh perfectly fine. But I think challenges like that are actually the single most interesting ones for people like me, who really like to have a bit more of a challenge and stay in character. And I've... I've said this example several times before, Uh but at one point I was playing a very kind character named Cactus, and Nate was playing a very rambunctious character named Slamby. We arrived at a situation in which uh, a magical bomb was going to destroy the mystical Feywild of D&D Legend, and out of character I totally wanted that to happen as an instigator because it was crazy and cool, but in character as a nice guy, I really didn't want that to happen because that's awful. It happened. It happened. The instigator won.
0: Uh, yeah, basically this, I think the uh, solution there is pretty much always uh, just go with it and and roleplay your character being upset with having to go with it. Or, or yeah. just yeah. some sort of sense like, okay, but I get like two votes next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there's uh, there are other game systems that are more about character motivation. Uh, drama System comes to mind, where you actually get rewarded for... Uh, uh, well, one thing that's important in Drama System is that it's not a procedural game. It's all about the interactions between characters. Think of it as a, uh, a dramatic HBO miniseries, where it's not about... Like, it might be a detective show, but it's not about catching the serial killer. It's about how the detectives relate to one another as they try to catch the serial killer. Yeah. So one thing that does is uh, everyone's drawn between two poles, and sometimes you're acting selfishly, and sometimes you're, you're acting selflessly. But that, since that tension is your character's thing, it's never really out of character. You're just being nuanced yeah and and it even has rewards for going against your interests that you can then spend to get greater uh get your way the next time,
2: yeah, that's one of my favorite trends in games is uh failure states leading to rewards, like I think the best example is apocalypse world. When you roll and fail, you automatically get an experience point just straight- mm-hmm. I think maybe one of the big fears for new players is fearing failure states like that and specifically pointing them out and saying they're not really so bad they're just another good way to keep the story going in the right. in the game itself is a great trend
0: because I mean if something good or ill happens that's a development, that's a new situation you have to deal with either way it's uh, uh, from a fun and engagement perspective it's an opportunity for for fun and engagement to happen even if in the fiction, it totally sucks for you. you. it doesn't have to make your your day bad <laughs> uh, so are there any other uh, sort of foundational six feet 101 topics we want to cover before we get to a foundational 101 game?
2: Yeah, I touched on it earlier, but I think if you if you're not really the type to really lean into building your character beforehand, if you're not much of an actor or a power gamer. I think one of the most important things that you should consider beforehand is just your character's motivation. And it can be as simple as really want to go on a cool adventure, like I said earlier. Or if if you have an idea for their backstory and it's revenge, then you want to be sure to be able to tell your DM that you want to eventually have a little revenge subplot on your own sometime and help guide the story towards that. Uh, I think considering your character's motivation, even if it's exactly the same as yours, is probably one of the easiest steps to getting really involved and interested mm-hmm. in the game.
0: Always play someone you can be a fan of, and try as hard as you can to be a fan of all the characters. And yeah. It's very common in GM's advice these days, yeah. but it's just as important for the players, in my opinion, to, to be fans of one another.
2: Yeah, that adversarial relationship between the GM and players or players and players can be fun. But if you're unprepared for it, if it uh, comes out of nowhere on a beginning group, it could probably pretty easily tear it to pieces.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, final thoughts then?
1: Um, regarding the uh, having a strong character motivation, I think that that's essential to getting invested in a game. But the weird thing happens when the game is long enough that your character gets what he or she wanted and it's sort of like, where do you go from there? Who does this person become?
0: Yeah, Uh, that's
2: definitely a problem that I've had before with
0: characters. By before, do you mean currently? Do we have to talk about now? Yeah,
1: currently. Uh Uh-oh. We're looking under the pile of leaves, seeing the psychological (laughs) underbelly.
2: Sausage machine under the leaves, which <laughs> explains why all these leaves keep getting in the sausage
1: those are those aren't sausages those are worms,
2: oh, I really hate this machine
1: but there's sp- <laughs> there's spicy worms,
0: like on dune, great
1: well, I think <laughs> i found I
2: think I found my new character motivation <laughs> Hell yeah,
0: all right, so I think we learned a lot that that you can just take and build from it also gave us a lot of uh broad topics that we can build uh, more focused pod chats about in the future. So we will see you uh, just one link away when we actually start to play Lasers and Feelings. Good night, folks.
2: Good night.
1: Oh, baby.